friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. Let me also just take a second and say there is a lot going on in America. We have a lot going on in the world. And we are just a couple of weeks from the inauguration of President Biden. And I know that there are a lot of feelings and a lot of thoughts. And I just want y'all to know that we are planning ahead and we have got shows coming the week of the inauguration that I think will give us a lot to think about and talk about. And so we will continue to have these really great conversations we're getting to have with Friends of the Pod. And just know that we have conversations coming that will be really directed about what is going on in our country if you're American. If you are not American, I love you. I love that we have so many people listening from different countries. And thanks for your prayers for our country as we believe and hope for a peaceful transfer of power in the next couple of weeks. So before we get into today's episode, I want to take just a minute and tell you about one of our incredible partners, better help. No kidding. Good timing. If you're like me in the early part of the year, you feel poised for new beginnings and possibilities that this year might hold. But if there's something holding you back from reaching your goals or something that's interfering with your mental health and happiness, there's a lot. (laughs) It could be that you need some help walking through that. I know how helpful my counselor is to me when I'm feeling stuck. And that's why I love BetterHelp because they can help assess your needs and match you up with a licensed professional therapist. Then you can connect in a confidential, safe online environment. It's really convenient and fast. Not the counseling. Counseling should be fast, right? But you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours, send the messages anytime and receive timely responses. And you can schedule weekly phone calls or video sessions. It's more affordable than traditional counseling, and it's available for clients all over the world. They even have financial aid available. BetterHelp counselors have such a wide variety of specialties, things like stress management, relationships, trauma, anxiety, family conflicts, and it really matters to them that you are matched with the right therapist for you. So they make it really easy to switch if you need to. You can skip the uncomfortable waiting room small talk. Well, you know, I don't mind small talk, but I'm pretty sure I'm the outlier there. And join so many friends who have invested in their mental health. You can read testimonials from other clients on BetterHelp's site. And in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It comes down to this. I want you to start living a healthier life today. As one of my friends, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. And now a conversation with one of my best friends, one of the dearest people in my life, Rachel Cruz. You know, Rachel and her husband, Winston, were on the show a couple of years ago during Couples Month. And that is episode 64 with Winston. But her new book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, Discover Why You Handle Money the Way You Do and What to Do About It, is so good. Y'all, we've got so many great conversations to start this year with giving us just tips and and help and just helping us line up our lives, just getting our lives in order after a really confusing year. And so Rachel does that for us today in this conversation. I hope you love it. I adore this woman. Here is my friend, money expert, Rachel Cruz.
Rachel Cruz, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Annie F. Downs, thanks for having me. <laughs> this is very, I I mean, this is the best part of my job when it's my literal best friends that we get to interview <laughs> and sit with. It's like, this can't be any better. I want to ask you all sorts of personal things. Like, so how are the kids? Yeah. How are, <laughs> Everyone's doing great. How's Tell Amelia's me. reading going? I'm like, how's your cross-stitching, <laughs> Annie? Everything good? How, what's your new pattern this I'm week? I'm working on a Hamilton one right now. You it's are? It's the three sisters and, and Eliza in the middle is saying work with a peace sign in the head and it says W-E-R-K above her. Uh, it's very cute. I'm not shocked. Here's what I've means. learned is that anything you want is a cross-stitch pattern. Anything really? You want. Yes. See, you this is like a world Etsy. I have no idea about. Yeah. What do you like? Did your grandmother teach you anything like that? Is there anything mm-hmm. like that from your upbringing? No, <laughs> no, no sewing, cross-stitching, no nope. uh, cooking. My mom. No, not grandmother. Okay. Oh, not no. grandmother. So we had, our grandparents were out of town yeah. and I feel like we were the classic family that saw them like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah, 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 of course. Because they were so far away. Yeah, so yeah. it was that kind of thing. But my mom, my mom was a huge, grew up on a farm. Big shout out to Sharon. Oh, big, big fan of hers. Sharon, what yes. a lady. What a lady. What a lady. But you know, she's, she grew up on a farm. So, she, so oh, her cooking is all scratch. Like I remember <gasps> growing up, she'd be like snapping green beans. Like I never had vegetables from a can. Uh-uh. Ever. It was always farmer's markets. Like she was like organic before organic. She grew it? No, 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 no. no, no. But no, farmer's but, markets. Yeah. But it was always fresh produce, all of it. And so... Like, I never knew mashed potatoes could come from a box, so I went to college. <laughs> what? And no clue. I was like, what? I didn't, yeah. Like, mom just did everything from scratch. So all that to say, so so I'm not a great cook. My sister's really good. Uh-huh. But I learned that. I learned that. And then she did sew. Mom did. Mom yeah. sewed. She could, like, fix buttons yes. and all that. My mom you know? can fix. My, my mom and my grandmother can, like, sew clothes. I'm not living know, that so, life. Okay, I feel like this is a generational thing. Because I feel like even for for guys, like, guys don't use tools as much anymore. Or like, yeah. or work on cars or all yeah. of that, right? I feel like we just outsource everything, yes. our generation. Yes. I feel like it's kind of sad. I kind of like, man, I wish I had the day where you would like turn a wrench in the engine of your car. Yeah. Not that I would be doing That's that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe turn a wrench in the engine. That, I don't so even know. Is it, so I think it's two things. I think... I think 50 years ago, everyone did that. And maybe as years have gone on, there are demographics of people and socioeconomic status people who have started outsourcing. And everyone is, I mean, everyone eats KFC and everyone eats Chick-fil-A and everyone eats McDonald's. And we didn't used to have even restaurants like that, right? So our moms and grandmothers had to cook on Sundays because you couldn't buy anything. Yes, I guess that's it. Yeah, it's just interesting. I didn't know chicken was in a can until I went to college. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, what? No, I didn't. I yeah. knew tuna, but I was like, what? Chicken <laughs> in a can? I can make chicken salad out of a can? I mean, I was blown away. I remember I called my mom when I got home from the grocery store that day, and I was like, one of my Stop roommates it. bought chicken in a can. I felt like I was I'll teaching her something. I'll potatoes, and you bring your canned chicken, and we'll just whip up some good stuff. I mean, in. I don't know that I've ever made box mashed potatoes. What happens on the inside? No, I don't know. I never have either, but in the grocery store aisle, like when I went to college, I remember my freshman year, and I was like, wow. Never been down this kind of aisle before. And there are mashed potatoes from a box. In my brain, I feel like it's flaky. Is that true? I don't. You don't know. Wait, I, I, I genuinely haven't done it. I'm gonna buy I mean, a box yeah. and just look. I just, just need a, to know. I'm a baked potato kind of gal. That's right. Why? Why Same. mash it? Say why? Just bake it. You, it already came in its one. It already is in a container. You don't have to do this. <laughs> Keep it in its original form, people. <laughs> I have a friend who says if it's from the ground or has a mother, it's fair game. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, Wait, my say friend again. Lauren says that if it's, it's from, from the, the ground, ground or has a mother, it's fair game. What does that mean? Just like it's like healthy? a living? No, like a animal. <laughs> well, no, I know, I know that. <laughs> Just saying, it's so fair game, if, meaning it's healthy. Yeah, yeah, meaning it's oh, good. Okay. For, it's, it, if you're trying to decide what to eat, 
it's either from the ground or it had a mother. That's good because milk doesn't have a mother or come from the ground. So is that like dairy? Maybe, not, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, maybe. That's a te- that might be a technicality okay, I'm going to so- have to think through because it comes <laughs> from a cow that had a mother. But is it, does it have a mother? No. Yikes. I'm so glad I'm on this podcast right now. <laughs> We're just sorting out everything. We just <laughs> tore apart Lauren's saying, Sorry, I don't Lauren. know. Sorry, Lauren. Um, Rach, you've been on the show a lot of times. You One time by yourself already or just you and Winston? I feel like just, shoot. I don't know. I know. I don't remember. This is, Isn't I don't that know. terrible? No, I don't remember I either. Like I've been on show. by myself once. I think you've been on yeah, by yourself and once. Then me and, and, then and then Winston. Winston. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Still one of the most popular episodes. Seriously. Yes. It is wild. It was February of 18, I think. So funny. Because I had just gotten back from onsite. Yes. And yes. we were recorded at Ramsey Solutions. And and so it was February of 18, still one of Probably people's favorites. Yeah. Because I pushed it so much, I think, because yes. I was like, people, Winston would not come on my stuff ever. <laughs> and he came on Annie's. So if you ever want a glimpse of Winston and hear him, here it is. It's your so, only chance. Right. It's your only chance in the universe. You know my life very deeply. And so, but, so we don't have to use names here. But uh, I have dated men who are public and I've dated men who are really private. And you ended up being a very public person and marrying someone who prefers not to be public. Like he has an Instagram handle that he does not use. Well, Twitter handle, not even Instagram. Twitter, he doesn't even have Instagram at all no, anymore. Have Instagram. But he has the Twitter. Yeah. That's like <laughs> very... <laughs> That's not a person. It's not a name. What's the benefit for you of having a husband that is so opposite of you and sharing your life publicly? Oh, gosh. I say Winston keeps me from, like, not being a brat. <laughs> really? Yeah, because if I had a guy, I really do believe this, that cared about this world a lot mm. and really wanted to be out there. And, like, even financially, Winston's the most low-maintenance person yeah. ever. And if I had some, like, trust fund guy, uh-huh. I think I would be a brat, Annie. I yeah, think I really would. I think I, I know. I know the unhealthy parts of me. And mm. they are so... They are so minimized having Winston as my spouse in such a great wow. way. So I'm so thankful for him. I really am. And, and it's funny. My sister married the same kind of guy. Bill Whittemore. He's yeah. like the most low maintenance. We laugh all the time. We go on family vacation. And Bill's swim trunks are still from high school. <laughs> and we're like, Bill, go on Amazon and just buy some new swim trunks. Yeah, like, so we laugh not have to get fancy. So let me, oh, he didn't care about, no. Like, yeah. that, like it's just, it's yeah. so great. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, I would think that it is really helpful um, th- everyone marries someone who's a little bit opposite of them. And everybody says that thing of like, um, uh, what opposites is it? Attract. Opposites attract, yeah. right. But there are a lot of similarities y'all have to, you'll have a lot of the same values. You care about a lot of the same things. You both really believe in family and connection and, but having someone who balances, cause you and I like fancy things. <laughs> we, we, if, if Annie and I could be bougie to oh, the extreme, we'd probably live in the bougie world. <laughs> I would have, yeah, given the, oh, don't be kidding. Giving the, given the opportunity, the Lord knows what he's doing, keeping me at the budget level I'm at because I don't, I don't need all the permission I could have. I know. Oh, girl, I got you. I know. It could be, yeah. How does generosity play into, if you're pulled, I can think of a lot of my friends that whether they have a lot of money to spare or just a little money to spare, they can either be generous or buy something for themselves. Both are actually appropriate. How do you know when to do which? No, that's a great question. Well, it's interesting. Natural spenders, if you're a natural spender, like I feel like we are, yes. we're, we're naturally great at spending. 
we are we are more generous people by statistics. So like, mm. so because we live life with an open hands. Yeah. We'll spend it on ourselves. We'll spend it on someone else. I don't care. I'll pick up your dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just yes. have a great time. It's fine. It's fine. Where people that <laughs> Whatever are, it takes to have a great time. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> but people that are natural, more savers, they do tend to kind of just hold oh, a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, not that they don't give, yep. but it's just not as natural for yep. them. So yep. that's what I always say is that's one of the pros about being a spender is, yeah. Uh, you're a giver usually pretty naturally. Yeah, yeah. So I would say, you know, I feel like I probably have said this before on your podcast, but it's one of my quotes that I love so much yeah. that it's okay to have nice stuff. Just don't let your nice stuff have you. Mm. So when your stuff and buying stuff starts to be part of your identity and who yeah. you are, and you're looking for that thing mm-hmm. to bring joy, to bring contentment, that's a danger zone, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. not bad to have nice stuff, but when it starts yeah. to be part, it's, it starts to have you. Debt, debt would be in that too, right? Yeah. If you don't have the money for it, yeah. it, it, it owns you at that point. But yeah, I think when your identity and all of that is wrapped up, that that's when I say, okay, if you kind of start to feel that, because I have in my life, Me too. I'm like, turn around and start giving. Be generous. Yeah. Be generous because yeah. just turn it and oh, it's so much more fun. It really is. Giving and generosity, one of the most fun things you could ever do with money. Yes. We did at Ramsey Solutions. I don't know if you know this, if we talked about this, but uh, for Christmas. This is, I was going to ask you if you would tell the story. Yes. I love the story. And it was not my idea. So right. I feel like I can bask in like the brilliance of it. Cause I was like, oh, that is amazing. Uh, so when debt goes bad, specifically. Unsecured, uh, yeah, I don't know what that means. So like if you just basically can't pay your bill. Okay. So, and it's unsecured debt. So it's something that you can't tangibly have. So mm-hmm. if it's a car has been repoed, you don't have the car anymore. Right. Medical bills, student loans don't count because student loans are not bankruptable, but but it's basically like when when unsecured debt has gone bad, yep. bill collection companies, debt collection companies go and buy debt from hospitals uh, or banks for pennies on the dollar. So Got if it. it was a $5,000 medical bill, this this debt collection company could buy it for $500. Or something. It. I mean, it's okay. literally pennies on the dollar. Got it. So, uh, so yeah, so, de- so Dave, dad, and the board went and bought $10 million of bad debt oh my gosh. that people had. And as a company, it was 8,000 people. So as a company, everyone got to call, on average, eight people and tell them their, their debt was forgiven. Oh, my god! Is that not unbelievable? And the stories have been phenomenal. I got, like, four voicemails. I was yeah. like, dang it. <laughs> I talked to one guy, Mark, in Texas. Yeah, that was yeah. really fun. But, oh, it was so... And honestly, and so instead of doing Christmas the way we normally do it yeah. at Ramsey, they kind of scaled back. And they yeah. said, yeah, instead of this going to, like, an off-site huge, you know, party and all of that... We're going to take some of that budget and yeah. we're going to give it. So that is it was awesome. so cool. It was so fun. To relieve so all people say, uh, of those the, debts. And the team members say, say that like that was one of the most fun Christmases. Yes. To do that. Even though they didn't receive anything right. big right there. Right. Uh, and then everyone got $250 to give away to someone in their life. Oh, wow. That is just struggling because of COVID-19 and all of that. Wow. So it was just a generosity type Christmas. And it yes. was so like the joy in it was so different than past yeah. years. It was really fun. I've been in a conversation with myself lately. I don't know if I've said this to you in Winston yet, but I've been in this conversation with myself about what currency is most important to me. Ooh, that's good. And because when I'm making a decision, it's usually not, the finances aren't the top currency to me because that's a yes or no. Do I have that money or no? That's a yes or no. That's yep. a, so that's not the biggest currency to me. The currency to me is people. And the currency, the more important currency to me is, are we having a great time? (laughs) And are we, you know, and so I've had to stop and go, okay, I, it is easier for me because I'm a spender to be generous with my money. 
what is harder to me is to be generous with my friends. Meaning, do I share my friends with each other? Mm. Do I introduce them at the risk? Well, I have to work at it. Yeah, because you're good at that. Though I feel like that's a gift you have. It's such. Thank you. It's such an important currency to me. My friends and and sharing them with each other and making sure my friends know. You know, so so even in these other currencies that I'm having to Mm. list out in my mind, how I spend my time. I would say time is that's a big one, right? Yeah, because it's really hard when you're not married and in 2020 and beyond when it was a little bit more challenging to meet new people it feels selfish to think about yourself a lot, to spend money on a gym membership or an, or something that is a, a class you want to take, master class. But that's also like, well, my currency is that I have the time and I'm not, I don't have the people to be around. Yes, right, right. And so how do you balance it, generosity and taking care of yourself? I mean, I would say it's probably pretty personal. I think different people have different capacities and I think mm. situational too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you are in a place, you know, for 2020 and you found that the relationships in your life, you were not able to see people, then I would say, yeah, you probably do need to really take care of yourself because I mean, anxiety, depression, all of that skyrocketed um, during the pandemic. So when you're in that place, I feel like you can't take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. Right. There's an element of that. And I think, again, I think different people at different levels, but I would say both, both are important. Yeah. I mean, it's just like your finances. I always say, take care of your own household first. Or you're worse than an unbeliever, is what scripture says. So making sure that you're taken care of. And I always say to be giving no matter where you are financially, but to be outrageously generous is after you have a strong financial foundation under you and your family that you are, you're secure there. Yes. And then you're able to go and be wildly generous when you don't have debt and have an emergency fund and all of that. So there's a level of taking care of yourself that I feel like I could be wrong here. I think you're right. You're the Bible teacher, Annie. No, you are. Yeah. (laughs) It's scripture. Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from the conversation with Rachel to give a shout out to our amazing partners at Third Love. I just don't get tired of saying things that are true. And this is the truth. I love my Third Love bras. Yes, that's plural. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all day comfort and support. They have more than 80 sizes, including half cups, you guys. And every Third Love bra is made with the signature memory foam cups, no slip straps and a scratch free band. So comfortable. They stand behind their products with the perfect fit promise. And if you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. And if you're not sure about your size, you can take Third Love's online fit finder quiz. I think it's really fun. Just answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit. And if you need additional help, Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are available via chat or email to answer all your questions. I mean, that is service, you guys. Third Love is all about revolutions, not resolutions this year. And they believe, and I wholeheartedly agree, that 2021 is your time to shine, my friend. Add in things that make you feel great, starting with better bras and underwear. Third Love creates bras that focus on what matters, keeping you comfortable. No shortcuts, no substitutions. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for every woman. So right now they are offering my friends 20% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 20% off today. And now back to our conversation with Rachel. I think that's why your new book, Know Yourself and Know Your Money is such good timing for people after this is the wild thing. The books that came out in 2020, the books that are coming out in 2021, especially quarter one books, we could not have known. You and I both have books coming out this quarter. We could not have known what the world needed no. right now, but 
to know yourself and know your money is such an important thing right now because people have, and a lot of people have a lot less than they had a year ago. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary time. I mean, obviously the health crisis is huge, but also the financial crisis. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's a struggle for a lot of people. Why was this the right book for you to write last summer? I mean, I remember when you were writing it every day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For me, I kind of, oh gosh, it's probably three or four years ago. I went on this own, my own journey in a sense yeah. of discovering more about myself and no big event triggered it. I just happened to stumble into, I mean, I read the book, The Birth Order. Yeah. And as a middle child, I was like, okay, how has this affected how I grew up? The Enneagram. Yes. We're about to talk about it. Yes. A huge part of that. I was in counseling and I was like, man, I'm just discovering so much. And I remember thinking, okay, how can I apply this stuff to my money? Because I became, I'm not arrived by any means, but healthier emotionally because of just the self-awareness of understanding why I do the things I do. And so I thought, okay, well, for a decade now, I've been talking about the how-to of money, how mm-hmm. to budget, how to get out of debt, how mm-hmm. to invest, how to give, how, how, how. And I thought, well, what do I ask these, have I asked these questions of why though? Because yeah. I'm learning this in my life, my personal life. So can I put this into my work life with money and my messaging? And it was like this black hole. And he went really? down where I realized, wow, why we handle money the way we do is huge because many of our life problems masquerade themselves as money problems. Oh, wow. And so I realized, I'm like, it's not a problem with debt. It's a problem that maybe you're buying stuff you can't afford because of contentment. Or maybe you're not great at planning and you're going paycheck to paycheck because you just don't plan well. Well, Why is that? Wow. Or you're not have you know, you and your spouse can't get on the same page about money. Money's not the problem. There's probably a marriage issue there. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. it's just this, you realize, wow, it comes, our life problems come out of the funnel of money at times and a lot of times. But to get to the root of it, you're able to change your habits and win with money faster. I mean, probably more than any other thing in our lives, money tells about who we are. Yes. I mean, our character tells about who we are, but if someone can't see my character from the outside, like they can see what I wear, how I, where I eat, what I do, you know, money is just telling people about us. Maybe that's why Jesus cared about it so much. Oh yeah. There's more (laughs) scriptures about money than heaven and hell combined (gasps) in the Bible. Uh Uh-uh. Yes. So it's intense. I mean, it's, it's, and, and you can't serve God in money. I mean, like there are clear, yeah. the borrower slave to the lender. I mean, yeah. it is, it is very black and white about money, which I love that. I'm like, thank yes. you, Jesus. Thanks for giving us this, this, this guided map yes. of how to deal with an issue that is yes. really hard. It's a shameful issue. It's an issue that brings up a lot of guilt, a lot yeah. of confusion, a lot of intimidation. And so to be able to kind of bring down the cookies on the bottom shelf, if you will, yeah. and come around this idea of understanding who I am and how that impacts my money, it's its massive. It's one of the things I love about what y'all do at Ramsey Solutions is there are a lot of our friends listening who may be in debt for a number of reasons. Yep. And it can feel really shameful. Yes. And very quickly feel out of control. Like it can go from $100 to $1,000 in two days and you do not know how you're going to be okay. But there are little steps to take right? That's why they need to, where, where, if, if they're feeling that today, before we jump into your book, if they're feeling that today, what's their first step toward like, you don't have to be ashamed. Yep. People have gotten out of way more debt than you're in today, for sure. How do we start? Yeah, I would say, I mean, there's an element, an emotional element of change Yeah, that you have to come to grips with, that if you are not happy with where you are financially, if you are stressed, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, if you are like, oh my gosh, I just don't like where I am with my money. Yeah. There has to be a level of pain that, that says, okay, I'm going to not do what I've been doing. And that's hard, Annie. Change is difficult. You know, my kids, but I switched their car seats. So I put Caroline's on the opposite side of the car when I was putting them back in. I was just, I wasn't even thinking. Yeah, Yeah. I I had to take them out for something. I was putting them back in. 
And we like were loading up for school. And you would have thought I was like torturing the girl. of like having to sit in a car seat on the other side. She's like, no, mama, no, mama, no. I was like, three-year-old, get in your car seat. Right. We got to go. But I'm like, Caroline doesn't even like change. I mean, like, yes. it's just, it's uncomfortable because yeah. what is familiar, it feels good. It yeah. just feels safe. And the moment you say, I'm going to do something different, feels very uncomfortable. Yes. But you have to have hope that what you're changing to is better than your present. Oh, uh, wow. So that hope is key. So there ha- there's that emotional first step. Yep. And then tactically, I would say, number one, budget. Yep. You are going to feel so much more in control of your money when you know where your paycheck's going. So yep. your income minus your expenses equals zero. So every dollar coming in is assigned to a category. Yep. Do a monthly budget once a month and look ahead. Do it before the month begins. Yep. And then the baby steps, like what yep. you're saying. So the first step is $1,000. Just save $1,000. That's your emergency fund, your starter one. And then start paying off your debt, smallest mm-hmm. amounts, largest amount. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you can get those little victories as you go. Exactly. I love exactly, that part yeah. of snowballing. Yeah, but rachelcruz.com, yes. daveramps.com. I mean, it's just tons of free content yeah. online. So just go and you can learn about it Good. there. And know yourself, know your money. You did this really cool thing of backed us up into like, what are the classrooms we grew up in? as far as it comes to money. Can you take a few minutes and tell us like, I mean, don't give away your whole book because people need to go get it. Oh, it's It's out now. It came out (laughs) last week. But I do want people to hear when you explained these to me over dinner a few months ago, I was like, oh, that is exact. I can tell you exactly Mm -hmm. which classroom I grew up in. And now I understand all the reasons I do what I do. Yes. yes. So will you tell us about them a little bit? Well, a lot of psychologists and counselors will say that your home growing up was your classroom in life, right? So that's where you learn all your lessons. And there's some lessons we wish we could unlearn. There's some lessons we wish we we could have learned, you know, it's all of it. But when it comes to money specifically, it's communicated in two ways. It's communicated emotionally and it's communicated verbally. Mm -hmm. And so when I was writing the manuscript, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a graph. Like God gave me a quadrant and I'm so happy about this. Like it's here. (laughs) So it's these four money classrooms. And so the first money classroom is the anxious money classroom. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's verbally closed and emotionally stressed. So if you grew up in this classroom, you felt tension around money. Maybe by the end of the month when bills were due, there was a lot of tension in the air, but you couldn't really pinpoint why because it wasn't talked about. Classroom number two is the unstable money classroom. And this is where it's emotional. The unstable money classroom is where it's verbally open, but emotionally stressed. So So what they're saying and what they're actually feeling don't match. No, and it's just loud. Conflict. It's just loud. Okay, Yeah, lots of stress around money and fighting because they are verbal and open. Okay. So you probably heard the same money fight over and over. Your mom spent too much here. You know, your dad's yelling at her. Or your mom is mad that your dad didn't do, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. you heard it. Yes. And it was loud. So both of those, anxious is quiet and stressed. Yes. And... Unstable. Unstable is loud, loud and stressed. stressed. Yep. Got it. And then okay. you go down, quadrant three is the unaware money classroom. So this is emotionally calm yeah. and verbally closed. Okay. So this is, your head was probably in the sand when it comes to money. You just yeah. don't really think about it because it wasn't talked about, but it wasn't a stress point. It was kind of like, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to live my life. Yeah. And then classroom number four is the healthiest money classroom. It's the secure money classroom. And this is where it's verbally open mm-hmm. and emotionally calm. Okay. So money is controlled. There's a plan in place. You could have $10 in this classroom or $10 million. Yeah. It's not the amount of money. Yeah. It's how it's handled. Yeah. It lowers that stress. And it's talked about. Yeah. The tactical side of money, your parents talked about debt, a budget, investing, right? They taught you how yep. money works. Yeah. But also the emotional side of money they talked about, whether mm-hmm. it's contentment, generosity, uh, as believers, you know, that you are a steward, you're managing, you don't yeah. own it. So yeah. what God has given you, you manage from, but like those principles are instilled. Yeah. But it's just that open communication. I mean, I have so many friends and this is how I grew up too, that we were, when I got an allowance, everything, it was save 10, tithe 10 <laughs> and keep that. And I was like, I remember being so annoyed that my parents and 
1989 had me in <laughs> totally. envelopes, yeah. you know, where I was like, I got to put a kind dollar of a bunch here. At eight yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah. But I'll also tell you, tithing as a kid, learning that as a spiritual, as a part of my spiritual life, it was not an optional yep. thing. It was just what you do when I, I mean, there were years that I have made very little money and years that I've made more than very little money. And Every time, if I do not stop tithing, the Lord always shows up. Mm. It's like such a promise. Isn't that wild? Yes. Oh, it's wild. It's huge. And what a beautiful thing, though. I mean, for people that grew up where, yeah, things yeah. were instilled. I'm like, those habits were formed so early mm-hmm. versus being an adult. And the first time you ever handle money, you're 22. Yes. And you probably make some more expensive mistakes yeah. at 22 versus 12. Yeah. And you're having to retrain your brain to think, okay, so is this how, you know, and it's just a little bit harder. It's not that it's not doable by any means. No matter how you grew up with money, no matter which classroom you're in, you can still win with money. I was going to say three out of four of those classrooms are lead to unhealthy behaviors. All four can lead to unhealthy behaviors. They do. Yes, they do. Yeah. So, but all four are capable of being healthy in money and winning with money. Absolutely. Well, well, moving to that secure money classroom. So so I do want people presently, like when the the reader is reading the book, I do encourage them to move to that fourth money classroom, whether they're single, married, no kids or kids, like wherever you are to learn to be able to talk about money Mm -hmm. and have people in your life that you can have those conversations with and be, and don't have stress around it. Yes. Meaning you have control over it. The things you can control at least. Yes. So that's really important. But if you grew up in classroom one, two, or three, you can still move to that classroom four mm-hmm. and be healthy mm-hmm. with money. And that's what you're going to tell us how to do and know yourself and know your money that's right. is how to move around. Yes. Talk about the shame of that. Because a lot of times it may not be how we talk about money now, but there's shame about how we grew up. Or our parents shame us because we make more than they did. Or we do not make as much as they did. Yes. Our parents are doctors, but we decided to be a missionary. Our parents are lawyers, but we decided to be a school teacher. Or my parents were school teachers and now I'm a doctor. Yes. Yes. Well, how do you talk about that generational disconnect that happens sometimes? It's so fascinating. I mean, relationships and money, it's it's so crazy because money, Dr. John Deloney said this and I was like, yes, money's the only thing in our life that we have a number for. Yeah. Like you can say, yeah. oh, I have a great relationship with God. There's not a number for Prove that. It. Yeah. yeah, I'm a great friend. Okay, there's not a number for that. I, I'm right. a really good wife. We don't know right. what that means. Like it's, but money, you have a number. You have yeah. a net worth. And yeah. the problem is our net worth has become our self-worth. And so Jeez. you're having to separate those two to say, okay, this money is a, is a tool in my life. It's not who I am. Right. So you almost have to put it on the other side of the room, if you will, like yeah. visually be like, okay, no, it's there and yep. I'm here. Yep. And the problem is it gets so muddied and then you add a parents into the mix, you add friends into the mix, you add a spouse into the mix, and that can get so complicated. So so the fascinating thing about researching specifically your childhood, the different classrooms, people either naturally, subconsciously just kind of did what their parents did with money Mm -hmm. because they just didn't know any other way, good or bad, or some revolted and they did the exact opposite. I talked to one girl and her parents spent, she was like, my parents spent so much money on how we looked. She was like, we were the absolute classic Great big house, but yeah. two of the rooms had no furniture because they couldn't like fill it. Oh but we had a nice car. We all, always got great birthday gifts and Christmas yeah. gifts. I always dressed great, like all of it. She was like, but we were a disaster um, inside the family. She was like, yeah. emotionally, fine, all of it. It was a disaster. So now she was like, I'm just going to drive a Honda Civic for the rest of my life and right. just be okay with it. I'm okay right. with it. So she like is repulsed by stuff yep. where other people grew up and it was like you had to save every little penny. You had to buy bread that was a day old yes. because it was 50% off. That's yes. what you did. Yes. You don't spend a dollar more on fresh bread. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, yep, yep, yep. And, and people are like, nope, I'm going to. And now they, 
they go and cope with spending because it yes. feels good. They have control over it and they almost go to the extreme. So yeah. it's just fascinating to kind of dig into that. But it's important to know because, again, it shapes whether you do what your parents did or you're doing the exact opposite. There's a healthy medium to all of it. Yes. And to kind of find the groups, okay, where where can I be healthy in this, yeah. despite what my parents And did. our friends who are married, or, I mean, a lot of people will meet someone this year and marry them. That is putting together two childhood classrooms oh, yeah. that are very different. Yes. So, so I guess it's, I'm processing this right now with you. I guess it's super important to know which classroom you grew up in because either you've married someone in a different classroom or you're going to marry someone in a different classroom. Very much so. Yep. And even, I mean, even just the right closed communication or open communication. Yeah. Literally just talking about money. Yeah. It can be so uncomfortable for people because it triggers conflict. It triggers, oh yeah. Or or I meet spouses. It's just, it's so interesting. I'm like, I love this stuff. Obviously I, I wrote a book too. about it. So I'm like, it's just fascinating. <laughs> I love it. But you'll have a couple in front of you and, you know, the man or woman says, yeah, I just let my spouse take care of everything. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And so you kind of dig That's in That's what it. I want to do, right? And I'm like, <laughs> so, well, I'm like. It's called a CPA, and I'm like, Annie. <laughs> You just take it, take yeah, it, just take it. But I'm like, yeah, they probably grew up in classroom three and it feels comfortable to know. I don't need to know the stressful stuff. I don't want to know. Yeah. I'll be unaware. You just take care of it. And I'm like, no, you have to engage. Yes. You have to engage. Even if, even if the situation's good, mm-hmm. engage. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's so interesting. I mean, I am telling you, it's one of the gifts the Lord has given me not getting married sooner because I want to disengage with that part mm-hmm. of it. I don't, I don't, I, it may be my childhood classroom. It's more my personality type of like, don't, I don't, I saw someone the other day say on Instagram, I don't know which Enneagram seven needs to hear this, but you got to check your bank account every day. And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't, I do not do that. That is not fun. And so it is not my nature to care. It is my nature to make sure I don't run out Yes, or to do, figure out whatever it takes to not run out. But the, but the gift of God and my singleness is been, I don't have that option to just go, oh, you mean, because then we hear stories of spouses who end up not being honest. Oh yeah, for sure. And yes. Yeah. And I think great too, loss to that. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. That's a whole other podcast. We yeah. probably do. But no, but I think your personality naturally though, there's going to be naturally people that tend to be, I call it the free spirit. Yeah. Tend to, and that's me, right? Like, yeah. Like if I sat down, I was like, Winston, let's do a few formulas for 2021 <laughs> to see how our money could be if we put just certain invest- see. He would be like, oh, I'll get Excel out and we'll just change the cells, you know, all of it. But I'm not going to do that. Like I, no. so I'm not as engaged as Winston, which is so funny because I'm the one that teaches about money. Yeah. Because he, he naturally loves it. So yeah. you may marry, and that, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have to be 100%, yeah. both of you at the top of your game. Right. It's okay if one in the relationship is like, yes. no, I enjoy it. That's great. You take the lead a little bit, yeah. but I at least need, I need to be in the know. That's right. Yes. It's because that's the only way it's the healthy classroom yes. is if the open communication. So that's even right. if it's a date once a month where you go over your budget for the next month, it, it does not, you don't, everyone doesn't have to know everything every day, but don't be the husband or the wife that suddenly rises two years in. You don't have any idea what your savings are. You can't even are, log into your bank account, your, right? Yes. I mean, like, yeah, you got to... That happens, right? right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that seems scary. No, so for our friend... Yeah. In my head, I was like, what if they're, like, funneling money to the You just never know. I, I have a story in my head that I can't get. I, some, there is a story like that of someone I know who had a really dishonest situation oh. happen, and she couldn't get into her bank account. She didn't know how. I just can't remember who it is, which is probably better. But I, I do remember that story existing. For our friends who are already married, they have already, they've been married 15 years, three kids. That Literally, that's almost y'all. Um, <laughs> they are in a pattern, but it's not a healthy pattern. And they, they are hearing you and going like, oh no, we're 
we have a classroom in our house and our kids are seeing that is not healthy. How, how do we start making that shift? How do we even have that conversation with our spouse who isn't listening to this podcast right now? Yeah, I mean, I would say money is one of the leading causes of divorce in America today. Wow. So it's a big deal. It's yeah. one of the top, usually in the top five lists. Wow. And so it creates so much conflict. So if it's one of those things that ends marriages, to me, I'm like, the red flag should just be like, hey, 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 yeah. hey, guys, 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 engage. And so I would always talk about your why. When you engage a spouse about money, if you're not used to talking about it, do the why. Why yeah. do you want to win with money? Why do you want to talk about money? Why do you want to be on the same page with money? What is all of that? There's probably a level of security, a level of confidence, a level of teamwork that you long for in your marriage. I mean, there's there's the why behind those things. So presenting the why to the spouse uh, is big, not nagging or shaming, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because if you're the one presenting the idea, you're probably a little bit more on like the nerd side of the spectrum versus yeah. the free spirit. You're like, no, I do want control over the money and and I do want to plan and I want yeah. my spouse on board. So just making sure that you're not sitting there nagging mm -hmm, and talking mm -hmm. about every mistake they've made since 1992 with sure, money, right? Like just sure. being aware of that. And then I would say tactically get on the same page. Tactically yeah. sit down if you, if if it's agreed upon to say, okay, we're a team in this. Mm -hmm. We are one in every area of our life, including our money. So yeah. let's sit down and do a budget. Let's sit down and dream and look out mm -hmm. five years from now. Mm -hmm. What do we want to do? Where do we want to live? What kind of jobs do we want? Like just dream together. So there's a tactical side of money with the budget and working the plan together. But there's also the side of the dreams. Yeah. And like, okay, when and when you dream, you save. Yes. I, I figured that out. I'm like, man. Oh, that's good. When, when you dream, not, you save. Yeah. When you're not saving, you're probably not dreaming. Yes. And so saying, okay, what, what can we do with our lives? Because again, look at money as a tool. It's a tool to create a life you love. It's a tool to be used to bless yourself, bless others, bless mm -hmm. your family. God has given you this tool. So use it well and use it wisely. But being on a team together on tactically and emotionally. I think it makes a ton of sense what you're saying because I think a lot of times when I think forward on my money, I think about retirement. I don't plan to retire anytime soon, but I think about if I have to stop working at 91, do I have money to yep, hold yep. me over? But there's something really cool about going, but what about when I'm 45? That's right. Exactly. What do I want to be able to do? Or what about when I'm 60? What do I want to be able to do? And I will, when I dream, I'll plan instead of going like squirrel, hurry, squirrel away money <laughs> in case I retire <laughs> at 91. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so that's such a good thing to offer our married friends and our single friends. Yes. Is to go ahead and dream. Talk to my single, I don't do this very often, but talk to the girls. Yes. Talk to the single girls who are not being thoughtful about their finances because they're sure they're going to get married next year. Mm. Or they just think, we'll worry about, I'm 25. I, I just need to have enough money to get through. I just need to have enough. I, I can live paycheck to paycheck because I'll get married soon. And she might. Sure. A lot of us do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's not an if or when the marriage happens. For me, it's a very spiritual thing, money is mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I would I would ask, okay, do you feel like you're being a good steward of what God's given you? Because scripture's clear. If you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with a lot. And yeah. so what are you doing with the little that you have? If you are living paycheck to paycheck, maybe, you know, you're 25, you have your first or second job out of college, yeah. whatever it is, what are you doing? And, and, and saying, okay, and then looking, I would say mathematically too, the sooner you start doing things well with money, you start being intentional. You start saving and investing. You start paying off your debt and you're debt-free. So you're, when your income comes in, it's all yours and you yeah. get to decide how much I want to give this or save it or spend yeah. it. Like when all that starts happening, you're 100%, 100% going to be on a better place. Yeah. Be in a better place yeah. from five years from now. Yes. And so living that stressful life, I, I, I hate that the urgency is what causes the change. Yeah. So I feel like urgency and pain 
they don't have to be the only teacher. They're a right. thorough teacher. Sometimes right. it cause you have to hit this wall to change. But like, oh, if you can see yourself, it's a it's a higher calling. Yeah. That paycheck that comes in, that God has given you this work and this is coming. So for me, if there's not that urgency or pain, for, it's a higher calling yeah, at that point. That's really good. And bring someone in too. When you are single, yes. you are the only one thinking about your life. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that's thinking, okay, when was my oil changed? You're the only mm-hmm. one thinking, do I have enough milk in the refrigerator? Do I have to go to the grocery store? Like, mm-hmm. you're it. Yes. And so bringing someone in to just talk about money. And it doesn't yeah. have to be, I mean, I would love once a month, but it doesn't have to be that. Maybe it's big purchases. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, if I spend X amount, that's a big purchase. I'm going to just run it by this mentor or friend or small group, whoever it is. Yes. Have someone else in it with you because, yes. oh, it's such a gift. Don't do it alone. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Pros. <laughs> Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. They know that the options we find on shelves don't always deliver the outcomes we're hoping for. So they combine natural ingredients in innovative ways, giving you clean, customized hair care that delivers really incredible results. I can't get enough of how Pros has changed my hair. Just from using their personalized shampoo and conditioner, my hair is shinier, smoother, and more manageable than it used to be. I love that they formulated with clean ingredients and they smell amazing, y'all, which makes me feel a little bougie. It's like a spa visit every day. I know I wash my hair every day. I know that's crazy, but I do. Now, the way they know how to personalize your hair care products is from the quiz you take on their website. It's super simple. I just told them some information about like where I live and the climate here, what some of my habits are, like eating and exercise, and what my needs were in regards to my hair. The customization experience goes beyond the initial quiz. They have this review and refine feature that I think is so cool. It lets you tweak formulas for any reason, whether it's the seasons changing or shifts in your lifestyle. So they're always looking to optimize and deliver even better results with each shipment. Pros has over 50 billion, with a B, you guys, 50 billion formula combinations. That is a lot. So they're able to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Every bottle is made to order, so you're guaranteed fresh and effective hair care. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. So go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Pros has given over a million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, and you can be number one million and one. So go to P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun today to take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your order. And now back to finish my conversation with Rachel. I have just for our friends listening, this is a real life example. I have a business manager because I run my own company and a CPA, of course, but then I have y'all, you and Winston. Yes, we talk about I have one other guy and one other married couple that all have, can ask me anything they can't want to about finances. Y'all all have permission. And when I'm making big purchases, when I was buying my house, when I'm thinking about cars, I I go to y'all. Yes, and we're talking about that. Because, yep. Yeah, and, and not only because I want your wisdom, but because I don't want anything to be secret. Yes. It is it, secrets and finances. Any little yeses of secrets anywhere lead to yeses, secret yeses other places. Oh, that's good, Annie. And I'm yeah. not interested in that. Yeah, And that's so good. I, it doesn't always make me proud because I don't have... There's some of my friends who have... More money, less money. We all have different net worth, but everybody's invited in of y'all of my up close people because I'm like, no, I just need, 
I need help. I love that. Making yep. those decisions. So good. What about married people who feel like they need help? Do they invite other couples in? Do they invite their parents in? That feels challenging to invite one set of parents in, but maybe that works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, if you're married and you're like, wow, we just are not great at this as a couple, find a couple that does it well. Mm. That you just see their habits. You see the way that they interact with their stuff. Yeah. The money. It's so, it's so interesting. I'm like, I hate that there's such extremes in life, but yeah. there are. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't want the person who's like, oh, money's just so evil. Oh, you, if you have anything nice, it's just terrible, right? right? Like, right. Un, that's unhealthy. Right. And then where stuff becomes your everything in your world and it's bigger and better, it's like the American dream is just, oh, just acquire, acquire, acquire. That's our only goal in life. Unhealthy. Yes. So find the person you're like, okay, wow, they have a good head on their shoulders about money. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're in control. Maybe you don't know the numbers and you don't have yeah. to know every detail, but like yeah. it feels good. Okay, what they're buying, I know that they're generous because they're generous mm-hmm. with their time with me. They're generous with their conversation. Oh, wow. Like yeah. there's other areas of their life are generous. Yeah. So if, if you have that couple, I would ask. Yes. Oh, I would. I would say, hey, can we just go out to dinner? I would love to pick your brain. Like I want to know what you guys do. Mm-hmm. And, and again, ask permission because sometimes people are a little bit, it's personal to them. Yeah. But it's not like you have to know specific numbers, That's but right. just learn those principles and those habits that they do. Especially if they're a little bit ahead of you, if they have teenagers and yes. you have little kids, or if they have college graduates. And, and that's with anything in life, Annie, right? Ugh, with Career? everything, literally. Uh, I mean, author, podcast. Like if you have people that have done, been doing this for a decade, you're like, teach me. Teach, teach me, me your, ways. your ways. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, with anything. Go through their brick house and make sure there's furniture in every room. Yeah, that's <laughs> If there's two rooms that are not furnished, then that's okay. Just maybe give yeah. them some time. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. And, um, and you and I have talked about this before. We talked about this with our friend Christy on her show. Like putting yourself out there and saying what you need in a relationship like that, asking someone to speak into your life, that will eventually get you someone to do that. You may get some no's on the way. Yes. And yeah. that's just okay. Yeah. There's, there may be a level of rejection, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I think you said it, but you're like, we survive rejection. Yeah. You're alive today. You have lived you through rejection. Still, you will still breathe. <laughs> yeah. It'll be okay. Exactly. It'll be okay. It'll hurt. It may not feel great, but that's it's right. going to be okay. That's exactly right. Okay, Rachel. So with know yourself and know your money, that's who, did you write this for married people, for single people, for who, who are you thinking about? It's probably like the worst answer to give because no. I feel like all books should have like a specific demographic. And it, I mean, it's not, it's yeah. like really for anyone. And, and in my head, I was like, okay, if no one, if there's someone out there, a reader that has not done anything with their money, they yeah. don't even know what they're doing. I want this to be the foundation. Like I'm like, oh, I want yeah. them to read this book first yeah, so they can get to the heart and the emotion of money yes. and then build upon that. Yes. Or maybe people, you're in the middle of getting out of debt and you're, or you funded your emergency fund. Like you're, you're doing the plan. Yeah. This would be a book to like, no, let me, yeah. let me just like dig into this stuff because you could probably realize that you've been playing whack-a-mole with yeah. like stuff in life, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to hit that problem down and then something else pops up over here right. but when you can get to the heart of it. So really, I mean, yeah, I talk about single people, married couples, all of it. It's all yeah. in there because it's so relational based as well. I yes. wish the word relationships was in the subtitle. Yeah. I tried to get it in there so bad because yeah. I'm like, it's such a big part because I even talk <laughs> about money tendencies in the book. There's seven of them. Oh, wow. And just to know like, okay, yeah, we're both spenders. We're not savers. Yep. We're probably yep. both free spirits, yep. not the nerds. We both are probably abundance minded versus scarcity minded. I yeah. love spending on experiences. Yep. Me too. So do you versus yep. things. We yes. probably are the same yes. on every spectrum. But knowing that and I'm like, okay, so now I know that Winston, my husband, yeah. is the complete opposite of everything I am genuinely yep. on these spectrums. But I know now it's like the Enneagram. It gives me verbiage yes. to be like, okay, yeah, he values things when he yep. spends money. Yep. Winston does. It's not a bad thing by any means, but it's like, yeah. no, he, his whole philosophy is if I work hard for money, uh-huh. I'm going to spend it on something I can use over and over and it's going to advance my life. And yeah. that's where I value, that's what yeah. I value, which is great. Yep. Where I'm like, nope, 
Take me to the zoo. Take me on a great date. Take me on a great date. I don't care. Let me have this experience. Yeah. And I wish I had that verbiage early on in marriage. Yeah. Because we would be sitting at Chili's or wherever we went at 22 years old yeah. as a, like a newlywed couple. And he would never buy a drink, whether it was a glass of wine or a Coke. Right. It didn't matter. No, he just water. Water uh. for a good year. And I was like, just get, get a Sprite. <laughs> Buy it, like, please order a Sprite. And he's like, oh, I'm good. You know, for $3, I could yeah. buy a, a two gallon, you know, at, oh, at the wow. grocery store. Yeah. And it would, and I would kind of get frustrated. I'm like, oh, just enjoy this. But then I realized he's okay with it. He just doesn't value yeah. that experience as much as I do. I'm like, man, I would have the appetizer, the entree. I mean, I would do the whole yes. two hour dinner. And it's not a bad thing that he doesn't value that. It's yeah. fine. He still sits with me and we still enjoy it and have good conversation, all of it. But I'm like, man, I wish I realized. It's not that he's a Debbie Downer. He just doesn't value the Sprite at Chili's. I am thinking about a friend right now that I would lean towards saying, oh, he's so cheap. He just doesn't spend any money. And I've never asked him why. And I'm like, I should probably just get the why behind and see what he values. Because there must be something else that he values yes. more yep. than a new car or than some of the experiences I want to have. Or, yeah, yep. I was like, oh. Or I just a natural saver why. or a scarcity mindset person. I mean, yes. yes. I mean, you yes. can kind of figure it out and be like, okay, that's why you do yeah. it too. Yeah. Okay. How does Enneagram play into all this? Oh, man. Well, I did. An, I interviewed some Enneagram people. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, it, I don't talk about it a lot in the book. Yeah. And I wish I had done. No, no. I, I, it's not that I wish you could do a deeper dive on yeah. specific numbers and money. So I didn't go that specific with the Enneagram. Yeah. But I think it, for me, it influenced my journey. Yeah. The Enneagram was just huge of just realizing, oh, wow, this is why I'm wired the way I am. I mean, yes. it really is. I know yes. we love it, but I'm like, it unpacks and peels off so many layers of who you are. Yep. So part of that journey for me about four or five years ago was the Enneagram was just yeah. a huge part of that. Oh, I just love it. And you do you want to talk about how, what number you identify as? Of course. Yes. Well, you know, I really feel like I'm a seven. I'm not a seven. <laughs> I really feel like I'm a seven. I'm a three. Yes, you're a three. A and three. your husband identifies as a five. As a five. Yes, Everything, I know. I know. He's like not, he, like there's no question. He's a he's five. A, I question, no question a three and a seven, but I know I'm a three. He's a very healthy five. Yes, he's a, he's a five wing four actually. Yeah, okay. which has to be a little bit more rare. I feel like a lot of fives yeah. wing six. Yeah, and he wings four, so yes. he is more emotional than I think the average five. Yeah. More in touch with his feelings than the yes. average five. He's kind of artsy. Plays beautiful piano player. Yeah, plays piano. So he yeah. has like that element to him. Yep. That I feel like a lot of fives don't. Yes, I think you're right. So. And your threeness and his fiveness are that is such a opposing like they opposite attracts kind of yes. things yes and we both wing four though yeah oh that's really interesting yes. so we're going to the same wing yeah so there's a level of that that i'm like that's probably why we do we winston and i we agree so much like we yeah. can walk into a furniture store we go to the same couch we're like <laughs> like when we bought new furniture for our house that's so easy the lady was like this is the fastest meeting i've yes. ever had because we're like paint color done yeah <laughs> yes yes oh my we gosh. just agree so much on things yeah even though our personalities are so different. Oh, that's excellent. Okay, so knowing our Enneagram type, I mean, pretty much what you're telling me, know yourself, know your money says, is know where you came from, know who you are, and that'll teach you how to spend your money or teach yes. you why you're doing what you're doing with money. Yes, why your habits are the way they are. How could we be different at the end of this year if we cared about our money right now in January? Oh, wow. Um, 
gosh, I, I just, I know, and again, I'm in this world so much. So I'm like, I know yeah. the statistics. I know yeah. 40% of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency in cash. Wow. I know 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 78%, Rachel? 78%, according to the Wall Street Journal. Oh, my gosh. Which actually, I'd be curious after after 2020, if where that's at now. Up. Yeah, because it's, so it's just money with just statistics. Like, that's stressful. Like, I can be a spender and a free spirit all day, but there's a point there, like, whew. I mean, that's how, when I, I taught school, it was, yep. I mean, every month. It is month. paycheck, yes, yep. yes. I really, yep. So to be able to lower that stress in your life mm -hmm. by putting habits in place, yeah, like planning, like working your way out of debt, like mm -hmm. saving. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things. Again, it can be uncomfortable if you've never done this before, but just getting a grip on that, I think gives you the capacity to mm -hmm. live life so much mm -hmm. greater. Because mm -hmm. when you worry about money, it steals your sleep at night. It yes. steals your thought process during the day, it seals why you're going to work, maybe a job you don't like, yeah. but you feel like you're stuck in it. I yeah. mean, it, it just determines a lot of our lives, sadly. Yeah. So when you can just have a level of control over it, there's a lot of things in life we can't control, yeah. but there are things we can control. So, yes. so being able to be a good steward of that, manager of that, mm -hmm. I think frees you up just to enjoy life more. Yes. yes. By the end of this year, you could be having a lot more fun. Yes. If yeah. you will, and, and that is not by caring less, it's by caring more. Right. That's yes. exactly right. Yes. Exactly right. I uh, was doing a workout video this morning. Yes, and you we were. were doing starfish jumps that are like, you have to bend down and touch the ground and then jump up like a jumping jack. It's very hard. The teacher yells, if change isn't hard, it doesn't matter. And I was like, she's right. <laughs> she also said, she also said today, oh, I thought it was so funny because it's not a Christian thing. It's just a workout sure, class, sure. but she's a believer. And she said, um, I'm taking you to church today. Now, listen, this doesn't change out for Sunday church. In fact, some of y'all need to get back into church. And I'm like, I cannot starfish jump and laugh like this. <laughs> My starfishes are not complete. Because <laughs> yes, you're telling everybody they got to go back to church. But when she said, if change isn't hard, it doesn't matter. I just thought, man, that I, I may be quoting her not exactly right but that was the idea of like that's yeah, so good it's gonna be hard but that's what makes it matter yes and yes. that friction right like yes. when you have the friction you know changes occur yes so that's exactly good. right Rach is there anything we didn't say you want to say oh, your book oh, I love that we're like launching books like so close together me too we cried during the pandemic yes, together we we're like why are we launching books in six <laughs> months this is smart of us that's oh, right I'm excited about your book thank you I, I really feel am. real honored that we get to both put things out in the world these books did not exist a year ago and now they are a, something that the Lord gifted to us and we get to share with our friends. I'm very here. grateful. Yeah. The last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you and, my, and four of my favorite people that are your family are doing for fun. Oh, what are we doing for fun? We, gosh, so much like 2020. I, I like change of pace. Yeah. I don't like the routine. There's a level of it that's good. Yeah. But I'm like, I need, I need to get in the minivan. Yes. Because, you know, we got a minivan. Yes. And I was like, and I just need to, we just need to go somewhere. I don't care yeah. if it's like 40 minutes away in December to look at these random Christmas lights. And yeah. this one thing, I'm like, just go. I yeah. just want to go and do stuff. Yep. Um, even going out to a restaurant, because Charles, he just turned a year. Yes. So, yeah, the, the, with the babies, when they're, like, in a certain phase, it's just not fun going to a restaurant because yeah, they can just be anywhere. screaming, yes. and you're just like, oh, gosh, what are we doing? We're wasting all this money <laughs> on this experience that I so want so that's bad. That's right. That's right. But we started now going to restaurants again, and it feels so good because the kids have done really well. Yeah. And I do. I love a restaurant, Annie. I know. Me, I too. Love I restaurants. love restaurants. Like, just serve me. I said this to the other day. I was like, I just want to go to a restaurant. I want it. It's not that I've cooked every meal for myself. It's that I haven't eaten it straight out of the kitchen kitchen at a restaurant yes, and then the dishes are done you just take <laughs> yes, it away yes. I know so I would say I'm that I think just again experiences so whether it's just driving yeah. somewhere 
or it's going out to a restaurant with the whole family. That's yes. a big one for the cruises yes. right now. Yes, I love it. Well, I'm excited for people to read Know Yourself and Know Your Money, follow you, and just um, make this the year that they refocus on something for more freedom, not more not more entrapment, but more freedom. So, That's right. I love you. Thanks, Thanks for doing Annie. this. I love you too, friend. Oh, you guys, isn't she the best? Don't you feel like motivated? I feel motivated. I'm like learning about how I handle money and why I handle. I mean, the fun part about being friends with Rachel is I walked with her as she was writing this whole book. And so as she was processing all the different parts of it, I was agreeing with her all the way through as she was writing. And man, I have learned a lot. So make sure you grab a copy of Know Yourself, Know Your Money, and make sure you're following Rachel for all kinds of day-to-day wisdom and tell her thanks for being on the show and how much it means to you. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. It's Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF. Like, that sounds fun on YouTube. Hey, speaking of That Sounds Fun, we're just a couple of weeks away from the That Sounds Fun book releasing. And you can still get the audiobook for free. Just go to thatsoundsfunbook.com for all that information. I think that's it for me today, friends. So you can go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with one of our January favorites, Pastor Mark Batterson. I'll see you guys on Thursday.